What would you do if you lost the instruction manual to your alien-granted supersuit? Well, if you're Ralph Hinckley, you'll wing it and prayer it. We're talking about the greatest American hero. Join us as we take flight very badly inside the idiot box. And we are back. Season two of Inside the Idiot Box. Can I get an amen? Amen, brother. We got picked up for a second season. Yeah, who picked us up? I don't know. How does that work? I just want I, them to put us back down desperately. How do how do the how do the podcast Nielsen ratings work? I don't think anybody knows. No, it's kind of a mystery. Um, but anyways, yes, once again, we are back. It's inside the idiot box where we talk about um shitty TV shows that we probably thought were better when we were younger, but now that we're old, we realize they fucking suck. Uh, yeah. With us, as always, we brought them back from last season. We uh, we extended their contracts. They didn't ask for much, so we brought them back. Uh, we've got, of course, Jeff Griffith. Hi, and I assumed you got my check. Yeah, I got your check right here, buddy. Just come gotcha. grab it. Uh, <laughs> Josh Parker. Hello. <laughs> Getting that air out, just like season one. It's going to take and, me about eight or nine episodes to get back into the swing of things. Just yeah. really warm up. To, just bear with me. That's the thing. We should have done like eight or nine warm up episodes that we, we, just, we didn't record just so that we're in fight and shape. And last but not least, certainly is Scott Berklin. And look at what happened to me. I can't believe it myself. Oh, why oh are boy. you? Yes, you're saying that because the show that we picked for our season opener based off of our randomizer uh, that we did the in show our special. That was thrust upon us. It was, it, and it was completely random, but we, uh, we picked on, uh, on our special that we did uh, uh, with Patrick uh, Hamilton uh, for Halloween. The show that was picked for us is Greatest American Hero. Do you guys remember that from your childhood, The Greatest American Hero? Absolutely. Yeah? I do, 100%. Yeah. And what was, what was your... How did you feel about it at the time? What did y'all think about it when it was out? I loved it at the time that it came out. It, and it's one of those that when you watch it now, I still think great concept. Yeah. And execution that I think was a product of its time. Yeah, that's fair. And at, I remember this was, I think I was its target audience. So it definitely found me. Like teenage robots was yes. the target <laughs> audience? Okay. Yes. <laughs> and uh, I, Weird. but even I remember getting frustrated with, and anyone who knows the show knows this with the lack of accomplishment he had with that suit. So <laughs> that was bugging me by the end. So even though everything about the show was like perfectly fit for me, that was annoying. It seemed like his accomplishment at the end of every episode was he didn't fucking die. Like he didn't kill True. himself or other True. people. Yeah. He made it. Broke a few walls, maybe, but you know, didn't kill himself. Yeah. Flying around like a goddamn... On a wing and a prayer. Yeah, exactly. Say. He flies. It, when he flies, it looks like I'm throwing like my keys across uh, my kitchen floor. That's <laughs> yeah, just yeah. what it looks like. For, for those of you who are not familiar, it was produced by a gentleman by the name of Stephen J. Cannell. Cannell? Cannell? Cannelope? Is this our first uh, foray into the Stephen J. Cannell world here? I think so. In we, our we've... desperate attempt to escape Glenn Larson. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Stephen J. Cannell is the anti-Larson. What has he done? What has he done? Yeah, what has he done? Uh, he's done He's done really shitty TV shows over the last couple of years. He <laughs> what did, hasn't he done, Jeff? Over the last couple of decades. He did, what, the A-Team? Oh. Right? 
Okay. What else has he done? Did you look this up or are you, you're, are you really asking? I really was asking because oh, no, he did. You. He did a team. He did uh, <laughs> 21 Jump Street. 21 Jump Street. Uh, uh, Rockford uh, Files. Oh, wow. I like Rockford uh, Files. Uh, a team season two. Yep. <laughs> Copy that. <laughs> <laughs> he, so if you're not familiar with him, he was the, had the credit at the end, the, the, the vanity card at the end of every episode of TV that he produced where it was him sitting in a typewriter and yes. he's oh. finishing that last page oh, okay. and he pulls out of the typewriter and it like flies and it turns into yeah. a cartoon and then yeah. it like curls up and it's a C for canal. I think yeah. that is my most uh, like memorized or that's the strongest memory I have of the end of one of those shows short of the Mark 7 productions where you would see the chisel come in. Yes. And they'd go, a Mark 7 production and then hammer the chisel. Yeah, I was hammering the chisel earlier today. <laughs> We're going to cut this out. <laughs> <laughs> where is Stephen J. Cannell now? Oh. <laughs> 2010. That's right. Pasadena, California. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, he can't hurt us anymore. That's right. Um, Actually, he just did. <laughs> he did. He did. We watched this horrible he, he show. He did with this one. No. So, yes. Uh, so going back to it, I thought growing up, Greatest American Hero was my favorite television show uh, from 1981 to 1983 um, when I was <laughs> when I was like five or something like that. Five through seven. I love that show. <laughs> when show. I was ages five through seven. I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about when I was a kid. I thought that was great. That's true. That's, I must know? have had a greater love for this than maybe I remember now because I, to this day, own the 45 of the theme song of Joey Scarberry's Believe It or Not. I had that, too. I had that, too. It was it was uh, it had the 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 symbol, the, the symbol that that the yep. he wore yeah, on his chest. The label was red and then it had the symbol yes. on it. Yeah. And it had a, a red uh, 45 jacket. I remember that that it was in. I remember that very well. I had that, and I had the forty-five of Steve Martin's King Tut, oh, and yeah. I Sweet. also I also had that guy that did Shut Up a You Face, whatever that uh, was. Joe, Joe, uh, Joe Dulce, sir. Joe it's not so bad. And I have that forty-five nice as well. Place. Of course, because we're basically the same person. Why do you look so sad? Why do you look so sad? Ah, uh, just for anybody face. that's young that's listening, forty-fives are records. Yes, yeah, it wasn't a bullet. We were, we're not talking yeah. about a caliber of a, of a projectile. We're not talking about Colt 45. How you doing, Chewbacca? <laughs> um, so you, I will you, say my, my memories of this are, and this will tie into when we get to the end of the plot, are a little off. I, I thought this series ultimately <laughs> went a different direction than it did. Yeah. And yeah, we were talking about it when, when we got this episode, you were kind of like um, complaining about a, a specific plot point, which turned out when we actually watched it was completely wrong. You're like, oh, it's not the case. That's but not it's, the but case. It's at interesting because clearly I remembered this episode. I just yeah. remember the plot playing out very differently. Differently, yes. And I remember this episode, only the end where the plot played out differently. I don't remember anything else about it. And there's a good reason <laughs> because it's fucking bonkers. It's all over the place. <laughs> it doesn't make any goddamn sense at all. But that's what it is. But before, listen, before any of that, before we talk about how great the theme song is or <laughs> how bad the show is or how bonkers the plot is and how it uh, completely flipped Scott's memories, 
Let's talk about the show itself. Jeff, tell us about The Greatest American Hero. Greatest American Hero is a story about an L.A. public school substitute teacher, Ralph Hinckley, who's given a supersuit by aliens to fight crime and injustice. And the aliens tell him to partner with a special FBI agent, Bill Maxwell, and they uh, provide an instruction book for how the suit works, which he then loses immediately. Of course. And through painful amounts of trial and error that pretty much last the entire series, we find the suit grants powers such as flight, strength, invulnerability, invisibility, speed, telekinesis, x-ray vision, super breath, and shrinking. Supporting characters include criminal defense lawyer and lover to Ralph, Pam Davidson. Played by? I don't know. Connie Selica. Connie Selica. <laughs> Come on, man. Connie Selica. She's I didn't like, have Google back then. And you, I didn't even know you guys. So how was I to know her name? <laughs> That's true. We kind of you were taking Google. notes back then. <laughs> Connie Selica was kind of like the Aaron Gray yeah. of ABC, <laughs> where yeah. Aaron Gray was the Aaron Gray of NBC. Maybe a little Linda Carter in there, possibly. I don't know. Wasn't she married to uh, John Tesh? Connie Selica, I believe oh my so. Oh, God. That's yeah. the most 80s power couple in the universe. <laughs> Connie Selica and John Tesh are 80s power couple. Our Voltron. The, <laughs> the shoulder pads are insane. Well, you'll be happy to know, Dennis, I just typed John Tesh into Google and the first hit on Wikipedia is Connie Selica. So, all right. I'm going to go with you maybe somewhat accurate. The on best that. thing about John <laughs> wow. Tesh is Connie Selica. The best part of John Tesh is, <laughs> is Connie Selica. That's stupid. Wait, if, if Connie Selica <laughs> was a transformer, would she transform into a Toyota Selica? Okay, so in when within the last ten seconds, we've had season two's first Josh joke and Scott Berkland song. Oh, we start off strong, my this friend. This is good stuff. This everybody. is all the stuff that made us huge <laughs> in season one. This is why we play so large in the Philippines. Um, okay, if only so, I would have said no at that point. I think I think we would have been the trifecta. trifecta. I'm going to come back to this Transformers joke when we get to the hot dog car. Copy that. Be ready. <laughs> yes. Yeah, everybody hey, hey. make a note to remind Josh. Spoilers. There's a hot dog car in this uh, episode. Oh, man. Um, yeah, let's not skip ahead here. Okay, so wait a second. Everybody has a thing. Okay, so so Scott sings. Uh, Josh comes, snipes in with a, <laughs> with a funny joke or, or corny. Uh, <laughs> Jeff always negates us. Always. I say no a lot. Always says, no, no, that's not right. What What do I do? What's my Dennis, thing? I think what you do is get interrupted. <laughs> but that's, so, that's a very passive thing for me to have. My characteristic is people interrupt me. All right. Okay. I, I like to think of you as the dad, Dennis. You're the one that's like, now boys. <laughs> now, Come on. Now boys. Enough. We, we got to clean this up before mom gets home. Come on. <laughs> Um, we mentioned the theme song to Greatest American Hero. Scott, what is the theme song called? It is called Believe It or Not. And it was sung by, by Joey Scarberry and written, I know it was co-written by Mike Post. Goat. Um, who was a very yeah. prolific uh writer. And I and you, I Dennis, you and I were talking about this earlier. I think you th there's another writer or composer. Yeah, the lyricist is uh Stephen Geyer. So he yes, did, he did yeah. the lyrics. Uh, I think it was Mike Post, and maybe the music. Mike Post did the music. It's very, it's very um, Mike Posty. If you listen to it, here, here, listen to it. Mm -hmm. 
Kind of yacht rocky too. Yeah, it is. And to me, I can't believe it myself. Yeah, I can't. Suddenly I'm up on top of the world. It should have been somebody else. I'm walking on air. Made it to top 40. Yeah, it did. But it was a different version. So the the 45 had that like that bridge in the middle, which the the theme song doesn't have me falling for you. Yeah, that's the bridge. That's the bridge, which has nothing to do with the greatest American hero. That's that's a love song. That's a love song bridge. But and a, um, and a really cheesebally '80s super white guy guitar solo in the middle. <laughs> also, one of the lyrics is, uh, "Believe it or not, I'm walking on air." Walking on air, or another word for that would be skywalking. Uh, and William Cat auditioned for Luke Skywalker okay. in Star Wars. Wow, that's the other Joshism where he can go. take it all. He can take full one circle. thing and, <laughs> like a Rubik's cube, twist it. <laughs> That's pretty amazing. Hey, six degrees. Everything of Josh is Parker. six degrees of Kevin Bacon. To Too Josh fast Parker. for you, motherfucker. I know. <laughs> it is the longest motherfucking opening credits I think I've ever seen. It is. It's pretty great. It's almost the entire freaking song. Well, I think it's everything but the bridge that that yeah. Dennis was talking about a second ago. And it's not like there's. 4,000 like crew that you got to get through. It's the same amount as any kind of show. And it just goes on and on showing clip after clip. Yeah, it's just clips of every scene from all three seasons of Greatest American Hero. Like they they play some action, then it freezes. And they play some action, then it freezes. And Josh, you you had a, a interesting observation when it when they play. Um, it should have been somebody else when he sings that lyric. Oh, yeah. I just thought it was kind of interesting when that lyric is is sung. There's a shot of him like just getting the suit, so it really kind of fit the narrative of the show. Exactly, kind of was cool. it's yeah. it's this, well, it, it exactly, and it and, and they do a lot of this too in this upcoming. We'll talk about it. There's a, a crazy montage in the middle of this episode, and and there's a lot of that too where you notice the lyrics kind of match what's happening in the scene. So I yeah. kind of appreciate when they they put that level of detail in there. It's well, true. and it's nice because you learn at some point during the series that he's that Ralph is not the first to have the suit that they the aliens have attempted this before. And then they thought at one point in this was 83, this episode, um, which is the final season. And there was a point in 86 at which they thought they were going to spin it off into a new show, The Greatest American Heroine. And they had Ralph and uh, Robert Culp's character, and they were going to give it to somebody new. The aliens were, were asking them to pass it along to somebody else. Gonna give it to somebody new. I think it would be a fun premise if you did an entire show that's just the aliens each week, pairing it with a new couple in the hopes of creating the ultimate sitcom pairing. (laughs) (laughs) So it's like, you know, you're going through the exercise of, well, this guy's messy and this guy's really fastidious. No, that's not there yet. Okay, give it to somebody else. The greatest American odd couple. Um, okay, well, we're going to give it to these three people. It's a, a, a husband and wife in their 40s, and they've adopted a small African-American <laughs> child. The greatest American Webster. Nope, isn't working. 
Um, all right. So what, what do you say we go just plow ahead okay. and, um, and talk about the episode that we watched? So, Jeff, what episode was this? What was it called again? I chose season three, episode one. So this opened the season. Divorce yeah. Venusian style. And why did you choose this one? I think uh, that you finally get to meet the uh, aliens that gave him the suit, like for realsies. Yeah. So you get behind the scenes, if you will. <laughs> well, we we keep referencing these aliens for seasons, and, and now you uh, get to actually meet them. Get to and, meet them and kind of get inside their head and figure out what's going on. And yeah, and when you do, it's fucking. Uh, this is not what I thought was happening with these aliens. It was very <laughs> well. It's, yeah, when we get, we'll get to, to it, it obviously we'll, to we'll it, yeah. discuss it. But yeah, it's it's not really clear why they do what they do because it seems to have no correlation to what their issues are Um, now is this i i was trying to think about this in relation to the other episodes of shows we've done i would consider this episode and the beginning of the season almost a like the start of the jumping of the shark for this show is this the first time we've done an episode that falls in that category of this is kind of the moment it turns a little bit I think so. I think that's probably subjective to a certain degree, unless, you know, a lot of people on the internet um, agree. But uh, <laughs> that's true about everything. But yeah, oh, the, the whole, the whole Dennis, jumping. Have you of, met internet? Oh, uh, internet. This is Scott. You, Scott, this internet, is internet. You I'd rock. Like meet you guys. <laughs> Especially when that guy was on the roof. Um, we never talk about this, by the way, but that's the other thing that's a Scottism is, is, connect anything we talk about to a Simpsons reference. Scott is, these- Scott is like the greatest American hero of, of connecting things to a Simpsons reference. Simpsons That's his quotes. special power. We'd, we will get into the Aurora Borealis in this episode later. <laughs> Loca- localized entirely in Ralph's kitchen. Oh. So this episode is basically, it frames itself out. They're on a stakeout. They're basically waiting to try to catch these bank robbers, yeah. make their move, but Ralph and Bill get into a huge argument while they're on the steakhouse. The, the steakhouse. They're while they're on the steakhouse. <laughs> mm, steakhouse <laughs> sounds good. What if they were on a stakeout in a steakhouse? <laughs> they were doing a steakhouse stakeout. <laughs> wow, <laughs> that was my vocal warm up in theater. <laughs> steakhouse stakeout. Does that steakhouse do takeout? <laughs> So, yeah, but while they're on the stakeout, they kind of get sick of each you other. You almost want to say steakhouse, didn't you? I did, but I didn't. <laughs> See what you did? But while they're on the stakeout. I can't out, afford a steakhouse in this town. I'm, I, it's a <laughs> steak apartment at best. <laughs> the, steak, <laughs> the steak property values are too high. It's too high in Los Angeles. <laughs> can't afford a steakhouse. Now Scott sings, and I say no. No. The important <laughs> thing is we all interrupted Dennis. Thank you. <laughs> exactly josh josh only. was the trifecta <laughs> all right all right hey who directed so, this episode by the way it was directed by ivan dixon who if you know hogan's heroes was kinch oh wow uh, who Wait. hid the radio in the coffee pot gotcha yeah yes i don't know how many people have watched Hogan. i grew up on hogan's heroes that was kind of my i love lucy i was young i was young enough and i was just kind of into you know the how World old I are no you? Idea. Wait, when you were young, you were into World War II? What is wrong <laughs> when with When I was you? young, I was in World War II. Wait, you really are an android. How You, you never age. All right, so... Um, so they're on a stakeout. 
with no steak. So Ralph is out <laughs> getting food at like the hot dog stand while while Bill is back waiting for him. He's still like, yeah. you know, got the binoculars and he's checking all the stuff. But it's funny because Ralph's at like this this Wienermobile. So it's kind of like uh, an old VW bus where they've put like a, a fiberglass, you know, hot dog and it made it look like it was in, yeah. in a bun. Steve, because he's got a name on his name tag of Steve's Wieners, is like really happy to get a 64 cent tip from Ralph when he buys like the two hot dogs and a soda and some french fries. Yeah, he goes, oh, here's your chain, 64 cents. Uh, Keep the change. You keep it. He's like, thank you. And he was like, seemed really earnest about that. It really kind of shocked me because I'm like. He takes a moment to like do a take to Ralph. Like, wow, man, thanks. Like 1983, 64 cents was the shit. Yeah. It's it, you have that like nostalgic feeling you get when you think about what things cost in the fifties almost when you when you th- look back on the eighties now because yeah. things were <laughs> to today's uh, standards everything so was so cheap back then. Why, thank you, sir. That's two games of Donkey Kong and four cents <laughs> left over. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! So so yeah, he grabs uh, he grabs some food and he heads up to the motel room that he and Bill are hanging out in. Uh, on the stakeout. And across the street is the other motel room where the bank robbers that they're watching are holed up. Ralph walks up with the food. And I I wanted to play this clip because I was shocked. The acting choice that William Catt, who plays Ralph, the greatest American hero, employs here. Because once again, remember, they're on a stakeout. They're trying to be inconspicuous. And Ralph goes out and gets food. And when he comes back, he does this. Oh, yeah. Room service. <laughs> Just leave it by the door. Come on, Bill. Open up. He's got a mouthful of french fries screaming. <laughs> open up. Come on. Like he's drunk. It's so you, weird. <laughs> Come on, Bill. I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry I hit you. I changed. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, hey, shut the fuck up. There's bank robbers across the street. You don't want to cause any attention. Well, now you I, know why Bill's pissed. Yeah, I get they're just sick of each other. Well, Ralph has his own reasons to be pissed because Bill sure loves to ramble. That's that's my takeaway about, you know, I couldn't decide throughout this episode if it's that cult just doesn't have his lines memorized very well or if he's improving or just rambling. It's there's some super weird and and every now and then he'll just inject what sound like random words like bedspread. It's very strange. He said, no, he doesn't say bedspread. He says bread sped. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yes. He gets. It's yeah, fair. that's he, he, OK. He says here. it wrong. He tries to say bedspread. Yeah. Yeah, I have it here. Listen, where is the relish? Is that my bedspread with the guns on top? It's of it? a federal bedspread, Ralph. We commandeered the one, remember? <laughs> Wait a minute. He, he definitely no relish. This is all ketchup. I hate ketchup. It's got tomatoes in it. Whoa! Raffle! Doy! What the? Is Robert Culp about to rock down to Electric Avenue? Doy! <laughs> Doy! I mean, it was the early 80s. He very well could have been. That makes sense. <laughs> it's a Whoa! Raffle! He just took. Raffle! Oh, okay. Because that yeah. was a that was a patented. The fuck, the fuck did, did you just say? say? Here. We've got tomatoes in it. Whoa, raffle, <laughs> raffle, <laughs> I thought they were playing like a card game Doi. called raffle or something. <laughs> Out in the street, there is Robert Cobb. <laughs> <Doi. laughs> 
Um, yeah, that's, that's the thing about Robert Cole. I don't think he reads the script. I think somebody else reads it and then <laughs> draws it uh, with crayons and then mails it to Robert Culp. And he kind of like has somebody and then it's uh, read to describe him by Eddie that Grant. to him. Exactly. <laughs> and, then, and then that's what he just sort of like comes up and says stuff. He just says stuff this entire episode. He's now, just doing stuff and saying stuff. Is it, I think I only know him from Greatest American Hero. But even at that time, I felt like he was like a known character actor, though at this point, I can't tell you all the other stuff he's done. But he has such an iconic voice and that character is so iconic he's kind of always that grumpy guy who who's like by the books kind of yeah. and but that his yeah the heart of gold grumpy guy he's always got that sarcasm going on but it's so iconic i i remember well, him his, so big, well his big thing before then or one of his big things he'd done other things but i spy i think with cosby was one of the mm-hmm, things he was mm-hmm. most noted uh, for because it was just the two of them in the lead yeah cosby, i never saw that who, show who when you say cosby who, who are you talking about Bill Bing Cosby. Cosby. Oh, Bill Cosby. Yes. <laughs> Wait, did you say Bing Cosby? Yes. <laughs> how about, hey, how about Bling Cosby? That'd be a badass name for a rapper, wouldn't it? Bling Cosby. <laughs> uh, patent pending. Don't anybody yeah. steal that hey, from Dennis? Hey, I'm going to mail that to myself. <laughs> Bling Cosby. Speaking of uh, patents. <laughs> I was waiting for the segue on this. Thank yeah. you. Did you see uh, Bill's T-shirt? What did it oh, say? No. It says, "Oh yes, yes, yes." I know what you're talking about. What it's, did it say? It says, "Happiness is a warm pistol," and has a picture of a of a pistol, like a a silhouette of a pistol. But I was sort of like, uh, is, that, "Is that copyright? Is that a? I don't. I guess if you just changed gun to they, pistol, yeah, you're fine." Maybe. Yeah, he reduced it down to one word and changed the word. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, obviously, if if uh, the Beatles aren't going to sue uh, the Hardy Boys for using Obla yeah, Dee for Obla literally da. singing all of Obla Dee Obla Da. That's true. Maybe that was the Bernie Taupin connection. I wonder if they had a Bernie Taupin on this to <laughs> go to bat for them. <laughs> right. Um, and why is so other than that shirt that Bill's wearing, he also has like uh, a fisherman's cap and glasses. He looks he's like dressed like cosplay. Hunter S. Thompson in this. It's so true. Yeah. <laughs> Very strange. You can't stop here, kid. This is bread spread country. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, you, you pulled that out. Um, well, well, what we find out basically is while these guys are staking out these bank robbers, they think they're going to get the, the natural known uh, enemy of the greatest American hero, the neo-Nazi, yeah. is yeah. staked out next to them and are that's the worst foreign enemy. <laughs> this is their TV show. They're they're planning to like basically kill them when they try to you know bust the bank robbers. So that's- right. So there's two neo Nazis in the room next to Bill and Ralph's room, and they're listening to them. and And their plan is we'll wait for them to go uh, arrest these bank robbers, and then we'll <laughs> kill Bill Maxwell. Um, and do we know why they want to kill Bill Maxwell? I think he's I just always messing they, with them somehow. Always messing with them Nazis. I sort of read it as, and there, there's a main plot. I don't want to spoil anything for anyone. There's a main plot the Nazis are trying to achieve that gets revealed later on in the episode. And I took it as though their killing Bill or wanting to kill him was a distraction so that they could achieve the other thing. All right. Well, that 
Wow, you got makes a more lot sense. more out of this than I did. I did yeah, not I say, see that. You know, it makes more sense than what actually unfolded. And well, the uh, head Nazi that the two guys in the other room are talking to is Jeremy Kemp, who is the, like the whole time I was watching it, I was like, why do I know who this is? And he's uh, one of the main villains, uh, Franz Zedlocker. Uh, well, he's Franz Zedlocker in this, but he's one of the main villains, uh, General Streck in the Zucker Brothers Top Secret. Oh, yeah. So if you know that film, there's the uh, the fight scene where the Nazi gets grabbed by the face. And when I can't remember if it's Val Kilmer's character or somebody else, when they take their hand off his face, yeah, he still has the fingerprints of where his face is smushed up. And that is uh, this actor, Jeremy. Kemp. So when you need a uh, a believable Nazi. Yes, with a smushable face. You go to Jeremy Kemp. Gotcha. So they got they the call themselves cornered. they call themselves the Fourth Reich, which I think is kind of unique. You know, as far as it didn't really predict the future. I feel like we've we've been no. sort of exposed to the uh, the concept of Nazism here in a, in America lately. They didn't go with the Fourth Reich, but I thought that was kind of a kind of a way to establish yourself, but sort of still have a continuity. It's kind of a sequel concept. I also like that when they're talking to the Nazis back in their headquarters, um, they all in film have the same planning room with yeah. the one long dark wood table. And it's yeah. always directly across from a fireplace. And yeah. It was like, did Nazis actually run old Hollywood restaurants it does like, look back like in that. the sixties and seventies? Yeah. Like why, <laughs> why does the Nazi hideout look like Dan Tana's? <laughs> yeah. It's all dark lacquered Very dining strange. tables. It's funny. You mean a steakhouse? Yeah. I oh, oh my God. Oh, that's right. Hmm. This is yeah. what's been happening. Starting to unravel. Holy it's all shit. making sense. All right. So back in the room with Ralph and, and, uh, and Bill, they're arguing. Ralph has had it. He, he's sick of Bill, you know, trying to uh, clean his guns using his bread sped. And uh, his smelly socks. Don't forget his smelly, the smelly yeah, socks. Sm- somehow Bill's smelly socks end up on his oh, bed. Raffle. Ralph. Oh, doy. Um, <laughs> doy. Mm. So, so, you know, that's it. Out so in the street. Ralph decides, I'm out of here. He's going to call Pam, his, his girlfriend, the lawyer. And he come get me. And he doesn't say where he's at. So that's never established. She just knows where to go. Come get me. We're done. I'm leaving. So Pam's like, all right, I'm going to come get you. No worries. And uh, Bill's kind of like incredulous. Ah, come on, kid. You know, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, you're a big whiny baby, blah, blah, blah. And uh, and Ralph gets out of there. He grabs his stuff. He walks out and they play this song. Boy, do they play it. I'm assuming so it's kind of a montage. It's not really a montage. It's a song that may play over a montage. It would make sense. But it's just cuts back and forth of like Ralph walking down the street, you know, pissed off at at, at Bill. Um, cut back to Bill. He's still watching the guys through binoculars uh, across the street. And um, it, it's just very, very strange. Nothing is really being like exposed here. There's no like plot. It just is an excuse to play this well-produced uh song sung by i'm assuming it's joey scarberry, once again yes right? it's joey scarberry yeah, yeah here here it is who said that opposites attract they probably think the world is flat because you and i are opposites and all we do is fight we see from different points 
yeah, it's Joey Scarberry for all your budget Jimmy Buffett needs. Jimmy Budget. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's basically it, it's 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 just kind of describing the issue going on right now. Um, this song it, was so hot; it was also used in an episode of the A Team. Another Stephen J. Cannell TV show. He probably got a discount on it. But yeah, it's it's another example, just like the title song, where they're like, "Well, we we paid our money; may as well play like at least three quarters of the thing." Well, it's well produced. I mean, it seems like they spent a lot of money on it, and they I'm, it was it was written by uh, Stephen Geyer, the guy that wrote "Believe It or Not," and it just is a is a well produced song that all it is is describing what's going on. They say that opposites attract. Uh, but they don't really because all we do is fight just like Ralph and Bill are fighting. And it's very, very strange. And it's not the first time that they've done something like this. So I'm going to play something live for you guys. I'm going to I'm going to share my screen here. So here's another episode. I'm not sure what season this is from, but I'm going to play this. Listen to the music. And then, uh, Jeff, I want you to describe what is going on while this music is playing. OK, OK. A guy is falling out of a helicopter. Yep. Uh, looks like Greatest American Hero is a dolphin flying through the air. Sometimes it only takes a I hope to go get the guy. Oh, look at that. They like that looked like a Culp is falling out of a helicopter, and Greatest American Hero has to go grab him. We, we presume that the greatest American hero is flying. Technically. Don't let me down. <laughs> oh, oh, Jesus Christ. Christ. And, wow. and, then they, and then they just crash land to the ground like, oh, my God. I so think they're both dead. Don't let me. Yeah, that was the, the last episode of season three. <laughs> it just shows them like hitting the hard like uh, desert pan of Southern California, so- like with a big cup of dirt plowing up and you're just like um i let him down (laughs) so so robert culp is falling out of a out of a helicopter don't let me down and uh (laughs) and ralph ralph is is flying to save him and yes the song basically is is kind of describing what's going on in in a in a, a very literal way it's very very strange okay so when ralph leaves and goes through that whole montage thing right the bank routers yep. arm up and are getting ready to to move on out. Well, what better so, time? So Bill calls Ralph back and says, it's going down. So he's got to run back, right, to to the whole thing. Well, I think the reason that he, that he does that is is he's, d- during the the montage, I guess it's not a montage. Just I'm sorry, the, it wasn't a montage. It was the song interlude. I don't know what you would call that. It's very weird. The bizarre playing of a, of a highly produced pop song in the middle of a sitcom. Um, Bill sees across the way, not the bank robbers, but the hot dog guy. He looks Steve. at the hot dog guy, Steve. Steve. The wiener He has a name, man. sir. I'm sorry. I don't mean to. Steve of to, Steve's wieners. Thank you. I apologize. Um, and he somehow recognizes him as a wanted criminal. I guess that's separate from the bank robber situation he's got going on. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he's, to your point, Dennis, he's got a weird like Xerox of him. I'm like, do you just have Xeroxes of random criminal no, faces? it's. it's it's that he's mistaking what he's seeing because he has a he has a mugshot of one of the actual bank robbers who's this white doughy guy and he's yeah. mistaking him for Steve. What's ironic, 
I guess, is that Steve, <laughs> Steve of Steve's as Wieners. As much as you can say that with this show. Uh-huh. Steve of Steve's Wieners does actually turn out to be a goddamn Nazi. He's calling the Nazi base to say, oh, you know, uh, Ralph just left. The The whole thing's kind of going down. And and now, you know, uh, this, Bill Oh, is my God. I did or... not get any of that. I was like, so why Steve... does he have a photocopy of, like, just random criminals? Wait yeah. a second. Okay, wait a second. So Steve... So he from... thinks Steve is the robber, but he's not. So he thinks it's going down because he's making the call. So he calls Ralph back. Yeah. And that's why there's that whole kerfluffle because Ralph comes back and he goes, see, there he is. And he goes, that's not the bank robber. That's that's Steve of Steve's Wieners. I just bought two hot dogs from him. And he thinks he's just, he thinks Bill is like trying to trick him to come back in. Guys, guys, the important thing is <laughs> it results in more weird rambly Robert called ADR. That's it. That's him. That's the guy. <laughs> yeah, okay. I think, oh, I don't know. I think that's got to be him. Oh, that's him. That's the guy. That's, that's the guy. I'm buddy my suddenly talking like this. Oh, yeah. Yes, oh, yes, her- Greg Gregory. <laughs> so that's, I yeah, don't know why I went to music, man, but that's my go to buddy Hackett. <laughs> Gregory. <laughs> so Bill calls Ralph back and says, and, and he's talking into a lighter. Why is he talking into a, a, a lighter? I don't it's know, like but Ralph also has a lighter, and it so both, also makes noise. So okay, I guess so both Ralph and Bill have these uh, uh, chic electric uh, propane lighters. <laughs> Lady chic. And he says, hey, uh, come back here. It's the guy. It's a guy. Oh, it's a guy. <laughs> so it's I going, think it's going, going down. I don't know what it's that going down. Down. it is. It's going, down. it's going down. Come back. It's the guy. Um. <laughs> Ralph comes back and he he changes out of his clothes and into his superhero costume. Is that right? Yeah, to come right. back he and jumps help? in a dumpster to do that. But wait a second, doesn't he have the superhero costume under his clothes? I think he does. I well, it's, then why it's, is he just jump in our dumpster to do that? Can he just it's hard to tell? Because do, do I have to explain comedy to you? At one point, you see what looks like an undershirt, kind of like you see red peeking out from under his collar. So I thought he's either got a red undershirt on or he's wearing the costume underneath. Yeah, he's wearing the suit, dude. That's why what he does. Why would he wear the suit underneath? Yeah. Like, but then why does he? Yeah, but then why does he have to Dennis's point? Why does he have to jump in a dumpster? I don't I know. Like the, uh, I kind of like the uh, contrast to, you know, how Superman goes into like a phone booth to change. <laughs> and whereas the greatest American hero is like a terrible superhero. So he uses the dumpster. I like that. <laughs> it's commiserate with the <laughs> yeah. level of quality of the show. Good point. So Steve, the Wienerman, he Steve calls Wienerman. the Nazis. Um, well, the fourth Reich, the fourth Reich. Thank you. He calls them and says, Hey, uh, Ralph left. So, and then the other guy says, all right, cool. We're going to move in, back us up with the Wienermobile. <laughs> There's also something my wife says to me on occasion. <laughs> when we move in, slide that Wienermobile right in there. Get it right in there. Yes. Then take it out, then put it in again. Oh, God. <laughs> There's also a like a mini argument between Bill and Ralph, where when Ralph comes back, he thinks that Bill is faking this whole claim. Yeah. It, like, and specifically references the the photocopy of his image. And I thought in 1983, how does Ralph think Bill would produce that photo that quickly just to trick him? Well, does he think that it's the wrong guy? Does he look at that go that doesn't look like Bill the We don't we don't get that. that but that's the guy. <laughs> it's it's going down. 
No, he <laughs> he goes, no, that's that's the hot dog man. And then he he goes, well, they look they look the same to me. And then he starts to question himself a little bit. But by that time, I think the script calls for Bill and Ralph to get in an argument. So they both agree to okay. take yeah. this seriously and move on. <laughs> because by that time, it is going down. <laughs> right. Because as soon as they do walk away, it is going down because the bank robbers are on the move. You can see the, the hotel room open and the two guys with machine guns come out and start running. And they're like, it is going. It's on. Right. So then the bank robbers get in the car and drive away. It's to, on like two games of Donkey yeah. Kong and four cents okay. left over. The bank robbers drive away and Ralph, who now is in full greatest American hero, long underwear regalia, flies <laughs> towards the bank robbers who are driving away and grabs their car and stops it with his bare hands because he's the greatest American hero. Cut to back at the, for some reason, Back at the motel, I guess Ralph grabs two bank robbers and brings them back to Bill, um, and they're handcuffing them, and uh, that's it. That's the yeah. end of the episode, right? They they yeah. found the two the two guys, so we're good. We're done. Well, Ralph is still angry, and he is officially quitting. So he is taking he takes off his suit pajamas and throws them <laughs> at Bill and says, "I'm out." Wait, he takes off his suit pajamas like, in the front seat of the car with the two bank robbers handcuffed in the back seat. Yeah. That's weird. That's kinky. Yeah. Well, uh, it should also be known because it's mentioned here. And I think I think our fans deserve knowing this is that uh, the suit only works for the person that the aliens gave it to. So he's throwing the he's yes. throwing the pajama suits at Bill, but Bill can't do anything with it. It's like, oh, yeah, Bill knows he it's can't worthless it. unless it's on Ralph. So Bill's got the two guys in the back and they're all confused, like because they watched the guy that just apprehended them in the red yes. suit peeled it off. And then walked away in a huff and um, and says this to Bill. Hey, how, who was that guy? <laughs> hey, how, hey, how, who was that guy? Who was that guy? Oh, that's that's when you get the, uh, wait, cut, I forgot my line. No, no, it's fine. Keep Just rolling. So I think it's a great actor's reaction because it's really true in the moment. Well, that that actor is Jason Bernard, who is a uh, a great character actor from yes. the from the eighties. He played. Um, he usually didn't play like bank robbers and criminals and stuff. He'd be like like authority figures, like yeah. policemen or or judges and stuff like that. Maybe he was like mulling over where his career had ended up at that point. He was like, "Hey, that, how? How? That's a great quote for like where he was at in that moment." But at that point, right before Bill can answer, who is that guy? The neo-Nazis show up and uh, their, their plan is complete. They're, they're going to they're gonna kill Bill Maxwell, I guess. And, he won't be and they're going to talk about that with some great ADR. Yeah, here, listen to this. The American Nazi party would like to have a few words with you. Oh, well, <laughs> the ugly brothers from the American Nazi party. That is very bizarre. Mm hmm. The American Nazi party, apparently at the bottom of a two liter Coke bottle. <laughs> in yeah. The ADR recording. Don't be stupid. Be a smarty. <laughs> the American Nazi party would like to have. Um, but Bill, he's not having any of it. So the, the two Nazis are standing outside of his car. He's got the two bank robbers in the back seat, and uh, he's going to make a break for it. So Bill busts open the driver's side door and runs in the parking lot 
and jumps like spread eagle. He does like a like a like a swan dive. <laughs> it's like he's leaving off a mini tramp or something. Yeah, it's really weird. It's really, really weird. So he like dives behind two cars and they start shooting yeah. at him. And the Nazis uh, open up and Ralph hears that across the street and goes, oh, shit, it's really going down. Oh, yeah. He turns back and immediately <laughs> runs back to his best friend, you know, Bill. to save him. Like, though, there's 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 somebody shooting. I got to go save Bill. But here's the important point. Remember, he took off the suit. So he he runs back and somehow Steve, the wiener man, as we know, is one of the Nazis. He's a goddamn Nazi. Goddamn Nazi. He owns a hot dog stand. I'm I'm sure he is the owner of the hot dog stand. And I and I I've seen his Yelp reviews. He makes a goddamn good hot dog, but he's a neo-Nazi. Everybody don't don't go there. Is it Um, 64 cents worth of good, though, Jeff? I mean, come on. Hey, let me ask you a question. If you're a Nazi hot dog seller, do you make sure that it's not kosher beef that you use? I don't know if you should cut that out or not. <laughs> Extra non-kosher? Hey, if the Wienermobile was a transformer, what would it be called? What? Well, I was just asking. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so Steve from Steve's Wieners is, who's a goddamn Nazi, by the way, we find out, runs out as... Uh, as Ralph is coming back, Steve has a gun, takes aim at Bill, who's hiding he's behind those cars. He's got a clean cars. shot. A clean oh, shot at Bill, He's going to shoot Bill right in the fucking face. And Ralph <laughs> dives in front of the bullet and, yep. and takes the bullet. But of course, once again, he's not wearing the suit. So he gets a slug right in the stomach. Which, by um, the way, answers the earlier question that Scott had. He is at least a hero. That's right. He's, we don't yeah, know if he's, he's greatest. We don't know if he's American. Yeah, I don't know if he represents the nation. But, but that was heroic. We'll, we'll call him a hero. And that's actually pretty fucked up because Ralph gave that guy 64 cents. So yeah. Oh, no, what no the kidding. fuck gives? Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah, I will say William Katz shot acting is, is pretty good. Yeah. He looks <gasps> like he's been shot. He does. He looks in pain and it, it's working for me. Also, that's just his realization defend- that they're just starting season three. What you, were you going to say, Josh? Oh, I was going to say... Uh, 64 cents was a lot back then, so don't, uh, I was, <laughs> see what, yes, guys are throwing my timing off. <laughs> I know. How does it feel? Like joke, they got shot over 64 cents and I was going to uh, chime in with, well, 64 cents was a lot back then. So I know. How does it feel to get cut off in the middle of a sentence, Josh? Well, well, for those really of us in hurts. my world, welcome it really to hurts. <laughs> So, uh, Ralph gets shot. And Bill drags him to Steve's Wienermobile, which is parked nearby, as you know, because it was, what did they say, backed in and ready and lubed up or something like that. Making euphemisms. And they escape. They escape in the Wienermobile, but they, the suit was left in the car. So now the Nazis have the suit, though I don't know what they plan to do with that. But um, so they're on their way to the hospital. They're almost there. They're like maybe a block away. And all of a sudden, the aliens take over the car. I mean, we presume the aliens are taking over the car because the car magically stops without them controlling it. It puts it in reverse. It like turns the Wienermobile around and starts driving away without Bill's control. The aliens taking over the vehicle has a very Rocky Horror like when he takes over Dr. Everett Scott's wheelchair kind of vibe to it with, you know, some of it sped up and some of it's clearly done with stop motion and it's yeah. very weird. Some of it is, it's is very just strange. like a, a, you know, 
a, ha- a wire hanger that's been used to like lift. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's like high school, like play sort of special effects. Yes. So they, they basically are near the hospital just about to get him some desperately needed help. The aliens take over the car and drive it out to fucking Palmdale. <laughs> as as Ralph is bleeding out, just bleeding, probably yeah. dead, dead by the time he gets there. <laughs> like, think if you're gonna die, you may as well die in Palmdale. There's nothing else to do there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hey, no offense, no offense. Um, Ralph's lover Pam Davidson shows up looking for Ralph. So Pam shows up to the hotel, though, right? That they were yeah. at. Well, that she had no yeah. idea. Yeah, yeah, very strange. And she finds the uh, the chick razor that's propane powered or whatever we established earlier. Oh, and tries to call and nobody answers. And then the aliens take over her car <laughs> in the same exact way. Why, though? So here's my question on top of, you know, the just the general why both cars are going to run out of gas. So the aliens pull them over to a gas station and make separate the times. gas pump. Yes, at separate times, or they're trailing <laughs> each other. Um, they magically make the gas pump handle thing come out of the gas pump and goes in the car and fills it up and then goes back. If they can do all of that shit, why don't they just move the car yeah. even after it's out of gas? Like Excellent levitated. point. Excellent point. Doesn't make any sense. Although they do then manage to make coins come out of a payphone to pay the gas station attendant. So that ain't free um, money, you know, that, well, yeah, that exactly. belongs to Ma Bell there, man. Yeah. So they're, they're stealing in, in the name of trying to feel good about themselves with the gas station people. <laughs> but yeah, we get that for the Ralph Bill Wienermobile. And then moments later, we get to experience all of the same effects when Pam shows up to get gas in her car. It's very strange, but and either for less than five dollars, you get a full hot dog meal, two games of Donkey Kong, and you can make a phone call. <laughs> and a full tank of gas. Yeah, that's right. It was uh, the eighties. Eighties, man. That's right. So they're heading out to Palmdale. They go out to the desert in the Wienermobile. Poor Ralph <laughs> is barely hanging on to life. It's been what, like, <laughs> like, like three hours at this point. Yeah, yeah. he's been Palmdale's bleeding not out. Close to Los Angeles. It's, it's kind of out there. Well, is that where they were? They were in Los Angeles? Yeah. I just assume. Um, okay. In lot like Glendale. It looked like Glendale where the maybe. hotels were. Yeah. Like on Foothill yeah. Boulevard or something like that. Anyway. <laughs> um, so they drive however long it is, an hour and a half to, to Palmdale. But all that time, like he's got this bullet in him and he's bleeding out. And they, they stop at some point in the desert and uh, this alien ship, which looks like my grandmother's old pin cushion <laughs> with glow tape on it flies over them and the aliens presumably are trying to communicate with bill and ralph using the radio the old trope the old trope where they they're they're just like tuning the radio back and forth across the dial i forgot about that you're saying that michael bay stole that convention for bumblebee and yes yes basically Mm -hmm. but but i mean there was like songs and stuff that Bumblebee yeah. used, but for Greatest American Hero, it was just a bunch of like, it, presumably there was a lot of talk radio back then in the 80s. <laughs> also, it would have been funny if the aliens came down and made them say, uh, or made the radio say, sorry, we ordered the hamburger and then flew away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, had, had nothing to do with Ralph or Bill. They just wanted yeah. a Wienermobile. They were hungry. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Dennis Dennis was besmirching the uh, special effects of the uh, UFO, but I I thought actually that looked pretty decent. Am I am I alone here? Well, I, I mean, think I, it, no. I guess that I'm not, I'm not talking that the special effect is bad. It's just the shape of the spaceship oh, was look, kind of yeah, weird. He's odd. It he's looks very... like yeah, uh, like a like a. Yeah. Like a pin cushion on top, and then like you know, I gotcha. Yeah. It was actually kind of reminiscent of uh, Close Encounters, almost. Yeah, like it did seem like that was the ship. Yeah, yes, that was sort of their inspiration. It seemed like, and I think just like Ralph's flying, if you kind of take it as a product of its time and what was achievable with you know the green screening and and stuff, it's not awful. Mm-hmm. Um, no. In fact, I, there's a couple of times when I was looking at, at you know, the flying stuff with Ralph and, and just thinking to myself between his flailing and the camera work, they're actually matching it up pretty well. It's just obviously at the time, the, you know, the blue screening, green screening, whatever they're using was not great. So when he's flying around in the air, how are they getting the, the back plate for that? Are they doing that with a, a, a helicopter? Some of it is copter stuff, but on the, like when he's chasing the vehicle down with the bank robbers, which I thought was actually very well done, I'm assuming they're being followed by probably like a flatbed with a, a crane rig on it. Yeah. And they're just doing basically the, you know, crane shots and and lowering it down as it gets closer to the vehicle. But that was another example of where I was like, you know, if you strip out the bad blue screening, they're matching this up pretty well, like surprisingly well. I wish they could match up wigs better. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's that's going to come later on. That's going to come later on. All right. So they're out in the middle of the desert. They get out. They, they, because yeah, they, the radio basically tells them to. Yeah, the radio, there's like 25 talk radio stations that are available in Palmdale, apparently. <laughs> and all 25 of them say basically whatever, get out of the car <laughs> or whatever it says. Right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and and they, so they walk out into underneath the, the starship and it beams them up. Big bright light happens and it beams them up into the... Uh, the starship. Yeah. So then we're basically now up into the spaceship. Uh, they've separated Ralph and Bill. Bill's in some kind of, I don't know. Like, like he, he materializes on this like examination table. Yeah. And, that, and, thank you. I oh was God. Kind of, it's super weird. Yeah. He like, he, 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 he wakes up and he's on a, an examination table and, and he has this weird reaction. Like he, he gets up, he looks around and he hops off the table and he touches the table after he gets off. And this happens. Hey. Oh. <laughs> Who was that guy? Are you for real? Hey. Oh. Who was that guy? You son I, of a bitch. I didn't have the right one queued up when I saw that. I let it play because that was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I had a couple of drinks. <laughs> Jesus. Season I down, two. I was, I was down in some vodka. This happens. Whoa! What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it just suddenly launched him into space at like 100 miles an hour. Right. Hey, no, whoa! He just, he, it's so bizarre. I don't know. Is that soundtrack? 
I don't get it. Because you hear you hear like a rattlesnake sound. The Maharishi Vishnu Orchestra. Which I assume is soundtrack just kind of creating tension, but yeah. it almost sounds like it's related to what's about to happen. And then you get that it, big bzzz. Yeah, but why is the, the table that he was already like laying yes. on yes. electrified or whatever? It doesn't make any sense. And why did he think to touch it? And and and, and why did he go, whoa? That doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Yeah. That whole thing was bizarre. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. So, so okay, so Bill gets off the examination table, shocks himself, um, yeah. makes it yeah. sound like he gets launched into space. I don't know why that happens. And then um, he walks towards this door, uh, oh, yeah. which is the door to the bridge of the ship, like the control center yeah. of the spaceship that he's on. But and it's it, post-1966, it, so the door has to swoosh open. It yeah, sounds it has to have a Star Trek FX. But it's, it's like, up. yeah, it's sped up. It sounds like the Star mm-hmm. Trek door, but it's sped up. And he walks onto the bridge of the ship, and it's not like, you know, the Star Trek bridge. It's all dark. It's like really creepy on the bridge, right? Yeah, it was like a spaceship bridge a la Morrissey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's dark and weird and mopey. Yes, it was very, very It actually strange. makes sense when you meet the alien. so the alien the first alien that he meets looks like a reptile version of bender from futurama like it's got like googly eyes it's all kind of like dark green not no you're thinking of uh uh, and he's on wheels but you're still not thinking of bender nibbler nibbler no it's well he's got no well bender bends things i understand he's a robot oh for fuck's sake i no, i did think that (laughs) And he's not, he's not a creature. He is no. a robot. <laughs> Scott, you're with me, though. I, I would have said Nibbler. <laughs> That's as gentle as Scott can put it. <laughs> I don't want to draw Dennis's ire. He has, he has ultimate editing control. I'm going to leave this in. So here's the thing. <laughs> Am I the fucking crazy one? Because I looked at that and I went, oh, it looks like it's got like it's got Bender's eyes and he's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, I, I can the shape see that with head. the eyes. He's got the weird anglerfish thing on the top of his head. That was weird to me. That was kind of the nibbler thing was the sort of weird ass anglerfish bobbly. Well, now that you say that, I think it probably does seem more like nibbler. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck, man? Wasn't but there take, a character? Take all of that and put it on a skateboard. <laughs> if <laughs> I may. This alien. Do you guys remember the Disney show Captain EO? <laughs> the Disney show? The Disney show. Well, I am a fan of the 80s. Wait a second. What? From from Disneyland. Oh, I mean, from Disneyland. The Disneyland show. Sorry. I, I thought I was missing out on something. Like it was on the Disney Channel or something. No, like the it Disneyland. Was, like the it was Disneyland. Remember that series, Dennis, Captain EO? Wait a second. Hang on a second. Yes, it, of course I remember. Flying, yes, that little of flying thing at the end because it was there. <laughs> No, it wasn't, but it wasn't Hooter. It was no, the I little, just like to say Hooter. The little fluttery thing that comes out at the end, and, and you'd, always, you'd always try to reach out and grab it. I, if you know, you know. That's kind of all I can leave it at. But that's what this guy was reminding me of. Are you taking something of, that happened between you and an uncle and like dreaming that it was a Disney show? It looked three-dimensional. Yeah. Oh, for Christ's sake. Remember how you would reach out and try to grab it. <laughs> Why are we doing Greatest American Hero when we should have been like watching Captain EO and talking about that? Captain Hooter. Have you have you been to the Captain EO attraction, Dennis? Yeah, like 
just a couple days ago. <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, he looks. I've been there. Yeah. I know. I know what's up. What? Anyway. <laughs> All right. So I apologize. So he walks into this dark ass <laughs> bridge. <laughs> Apology accepted. <laughs> so he runs into the first alien, which looks like Nibbler from Futurama on a skateboard. <laughs> and it and I think it looks more like Bender. Yeah. I think it would too. I, I, I kind of agree with Dennis on this one. You motherfucker. <laughs> so you mother. <laughs> Did fucker like all of you? Hey, you sound buttery. <laughs> did uh, Bender Nibbler, guy from Captain EO, alien? Nibbler. Did he already have the little earpiece, or did we need the other? No. Alien to okay, show so up so first? he meets the first alien, who's like this weird looking anglerfish green thing with googly eyes on a skateboard. He's not moving at all. And then there is another alien that shows up that's wearing a white suit with a big green gross head. And he's yeah, wearing, but he's very humanoid. He's kind of more, yeah, he's more humanoid. He's got the symbol of the greatest American hero on his chest. So, um, you know, we're led to believe that this, these are the guys that gave Ralph the suit. Is the anglerfish on a skateboard on the ground? He seemed like he was at head level. Is he, he is. Is he on like, a little floating thing? I, or is he that was, what we're led to he, believe? Or he was on Maybe? roller skates. I don't know, but he Unclear didn't like. <laughs> is the answer. Unclear. When he moved, he wasn't like bouncing up and down. He yeah, was just like yeah, moving very kinda, smooth yeah. and swift. Anyways. Um, so the green guy gives the skateboard guy this little like earpiece to give to Bill so that he can, I I don't know why the green guy didn't give the earpiece directly. (laughs) That was my thought of like, why wouldn't you just fucking hand it to him? You're right. Because the angler fish only has the ability to open his little mechanical hand, apparently, because the, Uh. you have to hold your hands underneath his in order to have him that's drop right the piece yeah he can't like just take it in his fingertips and just sort of put it in your palm he has to drop it it's almost like he's a puppet of some kind hmm maybe but he is none of this makes sense at all so once bill puts the earpiece in he can now talk to the green alien dude yeah he can understand everything the green alien dude is saying to him very uh, hitchhiker's guide babel fish yeah. exactly so- green alien dude points to a nearby uh, aquarium looking thing where Ralph is inside getting electrocuted or he don't know I'm not sure which even Bill says ah you're cooking him in there yeah, like he's in an oven him in there. and the alien says this <laughs> cooking him in there he is in stasis <laughs> like I, a hot dog I chalk this up to the translator is like Siri where it's you know every now and then it Gets a yeah. street name and like a with a weird pronunciation. Yes. He is in stasis. Should it be stasis? It should be stasis. Yes. Yes. Oh man, I don't know. There's no such thing as being just in for stasis. that, Dennis. I'm putting you in stasis. Oh, all right. I'll, I'll take my punishment. All right. So poor Ralph is in the oven cooking up uh, uh, apparently, and that freaks out Bill. So the yeah the alien says no, he's in stasis, and I guess he's healing. <laughs> is that what it is? Or stasis, I I so so yeah, that's what the the oven is. It's healing Ralph from his bullet wound, and then he disappears from the oven, yes. and then shows up coming from the same door that Bill just came from. Yes, and he says this line, and tell me what the fuck Ralph is talking about here. I 
Babe, you can't cook, you can't cook eggs in half a pound of butter. What the fuck what did that the mean? Ever loving fuck. It's not, yeah, we need a new category for what the fuck did he just say to why the fuck did he just say that. Right, so he's no longer, does he have the bullet wound, right? He's just standing there, the door opens, lo and behold, uh, according to the music, oh, th- he's like completely cured, but he's a little bit crazy, and he's just like rambling. He, I, I guess he went to the Robert Culp school of <laughs> acting. I just took it as though maybe like, it, it's kind of like when you do the movie version of somebody asleep and you've got to indicate it by them being like, Oh no, no Pam, I, you, you can't cook eggs and half a pound of butter. Oh, so he's dreaming. But I, or, or that's just his, whatever weird thing he was thinking about when he was in stasis before being beamed out into the hallway. And I, I that, that's it another is. thing. Like why wouldn't the alien just fucking beam him where they were? Why does he have to beam <laughs> him out into the hallway? So Fair point. Can, so they could do the reveal. The door can open, <laughs> and then he can. I, I kind of thought it was the riveting eggs and butter line. Maybe like a they rebooted him, kind of, and he just kind of like fired like a like Frosty the Snowman says Happy Birthday. Oh, eggs and butter. <laughs> you can't cook eggs and butter. I'm Frosty the Snowman. You can't put me in there, Robert Culp. I'll melt. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't think there's anything in that frosty uh, bag. And we're done. Outrageous! (laughs) All right, so as for you people who enjoy season one, for those of you who enjoy season one, outrageous. All right, so Ralph is back. He's back. He's okay. He's no longer shot. The aliens uh, cured that. They've also taken care of his dry cleaning because there's no more blood on his shirt like they use some oh, there is a problem though dennis space club soda to get that stain out i don't know how that works but what's the problem martian he doesn't he doesn't understand he doesn't understand uh the alien language right so what happens there is the so the green alien just hands him a earpiece, no right? no he never hands anybody anything the green alien uh. has a rule here he has to hand the skateboard alien that thing <laughs> and the skateboard alien hand. He's the middle uh, man. And the skateboard alien now. cannot hand it to you. He just simply must drop it out of the air into <laughs> right. your open palm. Well, yeah, because his hands don't work like he's a puppet for Christ's sake. There's no other yeah, way gotcha. for him to do that. Seems like, seems like the guy who's actually humanoid and has fingers and everything should be the one that hands you the then thing. What's the I know point? rules are rules. Rules are rules. Then what's the point of the skateboard alien? They should just cut it. Oh, maybe that's but job the, security or something? Exactly. They spend a that's lot of money. Right. If you're thing. a skateboard alien, it is. Uh, well, and then the the green humanoid alien informs Ralph that he's been healed, but now he must be taught. And I thought, how about you teach him to use the fucking suit? Right? Oh, I, I, I totally had that same thought. But that's not what he's teaching him. That's nope. not what he's going to teach him. So so no. here's here's where this show you think when they get on the alien spaceship that's when it takes a turn let's let's wait actually let's go back let's go back and see where the turns are initially this episode is about two partners who are sick of each other and they get into a fight and one leaves yeah but then it takes a turn and it's about neo-nazis trying to kill one of them (laughs) but then it takes another turn and it's about aliens stealing their car and making them show up to the desert so they can beam them aboard their spaceship. 
And now it takes another turn because yeah. now, now it starts talking about planetary resources and the environment of, <laughs> of the earth and how you shouldn't, how you shouldn't like exploit it and waste it. Yeah. So, so the, the alien takes us to his home planet. Yeah. <laughs> which is like all desert because they've used their resources incorrectly. That's right. It's a very red planet. It kind of reminded me of uh, Total Recall, the, the, the 1991 Schwarzenegger version of Total Recall. Yes, yes. Because they kind of slow motion you over that. I think, I think Beyond Thunderdome has a moment of that same sort of like look to it. The, the slow motion, I'm flying over a, a miniature model, but I'm doing it in slow motion. It was just missing a moment where Robert Culp's head split open, like as he was going. Two. It's a very emotional moment because the <laughs> the lizard creature cried a you know lizard chocolate tear. Yes. The, okay, so that was He's bizarre. So, oh, so gross. green alien man was looking at his home planet and getting very upset and remembering how his his home planet's resources were wasted. He's and like he remembering. Tickly Moot Moot and <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, that's what? the E.T. adventure. Come on. Oh, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But he starts crying and it's like green chocolate syrup coming out of his <laughs> eyeballs. It was bizarre. I, guys, go on YouTube and watch this episode. <laughs> really? And then it just sort of not believe how weird it is. With this kind of fade out of him telling them they must pay attention to the planet. And then he goes, you must you must. And I thought you must pad the scene more. Yeah. You must, <laughs> must, must, must pad. Uh, you were going to say something like increase the bust or something. Yes. But. The bigger, the better, the tighter, the sweater. The boys depend on us. So, okay. So then it, it so, so that's the other turn. It's now they got a little preachy in this scene, you know, uh, environment. Um, so, Anyways, okay, Ralph, Bill, be on your way. We're done. We we we've healed you and we've taught you that you got to do better. You got to do better. Do with better with your environment. Now back to your oil burning wiener mobile with no <laughs> catalytic converter. Exactly. So but they do get one thing on the way out, which is what the instruction book. That's right. So the whole oh, point, yes. the whole point of Greatest American Hero is he gets this suit bestowed upon him with an instruction book on how to use it. But then he loses the book. So for the first two seasons, he's flying through the air like a fucking idiot. He doesn't know what powers he has. He's just a he's a mess. He's a goddamn. He's just getting lucky. He's just like I said, the point of greatest American hero is not that he saves the day, but the fact that he doesn't fucking kill himself by the end of the episode. Um, so he so he's back up there with the aliens. And before they leave, they go, oh, uh, could we get the another copy of that uh, instruction manual? You got an extra one around laying around. And they hand it to him, and they beam him back down to uh, the desert right next to the uh, Wienermobile. And well, just a just, uh, little thing of clarity. They get beamed first to their cells. Right. Then they oh, get that's beamed. Right. The, but then they get beamed to question mark because they're beamed. But then they cut to a shot of the ship still flying in outer space. Then they get beamed to the ground. Why not just beam them to the fucking ground? This is also, a 60-minute show. Also, the, the Wienermobile is technically a Volkswagen, so it would be a Brat-mobile. <laughs> I messed oh. up the that one. Sorry. 
I think I think that's all. The things that's how you, you get thought. me to talk on podcasts. You put uh, peanut butter whiskey on my gums. <laughs> all the things you cut, Dennis, don't cut that. You want me to do another take of that uh, joke? <laughs> I got some peanut butter. You know what that whiskey felt like? That felt like that gums. old that old timey guy from like, like the uh, you know the pre Wright brothers footage of people trying to fly and just like crashing horribly. Yep, yep. <laughs> that's how I felt. It looked like you, you made your own wings and oh, uh, you the just that look like a giant plunger. You just put your goggles on and you you give the thumbs up. I whittled these wings myself. You kept going, though, man. That was that was the determination that I, I also applaud. I also applaud that. All right. So, so they, they go oh, ahead, go ahead Jeff, whoa. Jeff, go. So they they're beamed down. They have the instruction booklet and they open it and realize that uh, they can't read it. And they they surmise <laughs> that they need to have the suit on. And then they figure out, oh, shit. The uh, Fourth Reich has our suit, so we got to go get it. We also get a great moment once again of Robert Culp either forgetting his lines or doing bad improv. You be the judge. That's what got us into this whole mess in the first place. This what? book was given to me. I have the suit. What got us in this mess in the first place was you losing that. Now, gimme. Yeah, it what seems kind of odd. Reaching. I, I is this gimme. It is. It does sound like he doesn't really know his lines, but he has kind of the, the general gist of what he's supposed to say. Once again, I, I don't think it really matters uh, if he knows his line. I would be just as confused if he knew his lines versus <laughs> if he didn't know his lines. Because Fair point. Yeah. it went from a stakeout to Nazis <laughs> to aliens. Um and now is Dennis. Do they have to draw you a picture? I Come guess. On. I guess. Presumably now it's about getting your superhero suit back from Nazis. So now that's the next the next little layer that we have. I should mention that. Uh, meanwhile, there's some Nazis putting a bomb on a boat. Hey, what? So, OK, OK, OK. Where the fuck does that come from? <laughs> so there's a scene yeah. of Nazis like a scuba Nazi yeah, underwater scuba putting a bomb on the bottom of a boat somewhere like that's supposed to mean something to us that's not i don't understand where that came from i i think and i and don't hold me to it but i i felt like the forthright uh neo-nazis had made some kind of allusion towards them doing something some terrorist action so we presume no, they say they say when they were on the phone with uh steve the wienerman they say, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's like, okay, Bill Maxwell, his his uh, his buddy left, and we're gonna go in for the kill. Great, go in for the kill. That's that's gonna be great when we, uh, you know, uh, do our next uh, our next uh, caper. Oh, by the way, speaking of that, uh, what's up with that boat that has all those weapons on it? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's ready to set sail, and that's all they say about it. So now, <laughs> thirty minutes later, they show a scuba Nazi putting a bomb. <laughs> on the bottom of a boat we're assuming that's the same boat right but there's no narration they don't like set up that scene it's just scuba nazi bomb bottom of a boat yes it's it, horribly confusing and at the same time they're alternating that with uh the nazis testing ralph's super suit so yes it, it only has powers i guess when the person that was chosen is wearing it but at the same time it has the powers of you can't destroy it because they're trying to burn it and they're shooting it with bullets. And did anybody else like I really expected when they did the bullet test 
that the bullet was going to ricochet and just hit and kill Zed Locker and then it would just be yeah. over. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping. <laughs> it's like that would have saved us 10 minutes. But that's the thing. He shoots. So they show a close up of it. He shoots the the he hangs the, the suit up uh, above the fireplace and he shoots a gun at it. And the bullet just kind of like like hits it and then drops down straight down. But when yeah, it doesn't Ralph, actually ricochet. No, but when Ralph is wearing the suit, it ricochets. I you know, uh. when he gets shot. I don't. I don't understand the logic of the superhero suit, but, but then again, it came from a alien that cries green chocolate. All right. So moving right along, uh, they, they're trying to go find the suit, but they get that suit back. Uh, they immediately find the Nazi headquarters somehow. But they, well, it's okay. So this is kind of, and wackiness ensues. They, they, they jump in the Wiener mobile for some reason. Why don't they take Pam's car? Yeah. Because the Wiener Mobile is Pam's car is not uh, uh, adequately equipped for Stickala, I think is the answer. All right. Well, yeah. And it's more comfortable for three people in the Wiener Mobile. Yeah. Well, it does have, I don't know if you guys noticed uh, when Bill is trying to pump the gas when the aliens take control, they show the floor of it. It does have shag carpeting. Oh, that's good. Oh, much, much more comfortable. If I drove the Wiener Mobile, I would for sure. Uh, ask people at red lights if they have any Grey Poupon, like all the time. <laughs> I mean, how could you not? <laughs> <laughs> That's how do you think Ralph got? I would never silica? get bored. I would <laughs> never get bored doing that. That would always be funny. Um, okay, so so they jump in the Wiener Mobile and they head to the Nazi hideout place. They find out where it is. Don't ask me how. Doesn't matter. Yep, There's a little scene up. in there where they show up, where they figure out where the Nazi hideout is, but. It doesn't matter. It's not that integral to the story. So um, they show up with the Wienermobile, and here's the plan. Send Pam into the Nazi's house wearing a hot dog man suit. (laughs) Like she's got, well, not a hot dog man suit, but like like she's she's dressed up as a hot dog vendor. She's she's dressed up as... Isn't that what uh, James Gum was trying to make in Silence of the Lambs? Yeah. I'm going to stitch a hot dog man suit together. <laughs> what are you about, a size six? So... <laughs> I just like the idea that this uh, the secret Nazi like party or, or meeting is being <laughs> catered by a hot dog place. <laughs> right. It doesn't make any sense. Oh, uh, the hot dogs are here. Yeah, right over here, please. Thank you. Wouldn't it be schnitzel? So, it would um, be. Yeah, it would make more sense. So, so, but that's the thing. Like Steve, the hot dog man who is in the room. Now yes. he's dressed up as a Nazi. Outfit. He's looking at his own outfit. He's like, hey, somebody's dressed up like me. <laughs> yeah, that's my hot dog suit. Hey, hey, they're <laughs> delivering hot dogs. I did that. That's my hot dog suit. Um, <laughs> Which was the spinoff sitcom from this episode. Jesus Christ. So Well, so- and, it, and, and, you know, maybe not to belabor the point, but it was a pointless <clears throat> act because then because then Bill just comes in with guns. He, yeah, he? exactly. Hot dogs are here. How you doing? Okay, I've got six long dogs, two Cokes. There's fries and coffee. That comes to here, uh, nine fifty. <laughs> Price is right. Hold it. Freeze your face. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what? Okay. Price is right. Hold it. It's hot dogs, fries, Cokes, and coffee. And a coffee. <laughs> Wait a second. <laughs> Can you imagine the bowel obstructions that are coming out at the end of this? Their buttholes would be on fire. <laughs> who, would, who the fuck eats hot dogs and coffee? Where does that come from? I think this 
ploy is actually outlined in Sun Tzu's Art of War, the hot dog delivery distraction. <laughs> ah, but yes. Why? Why the hell with Connie Selica's accent? Like she's she's like. What'll really sell it is if I'm doing this, you got two coffees and what are you doing? <laughs> but once again, it doesn't matter because to to Jeff's point, uh, uh, <laughs> Robert Culp comes in and just says <laughs> random shit. It doesn't make They're any, like, any sense at all. Culp will come in and say something weird. They won't be worried about Connie's accent. Just trust us. Yeah, price is right. Hold it. Freeze your face. Counselor. What? <laughs> freeze. freeze your face. Counselor, he, said, he did say freeze your face. I said freeze your face. <laughs> oh. oh, that's what Kelsey Grammer suffers from. <laughs> no, and then the best part of this, and you know, if you're a, uh, a you know fan who knows lots about Greatest American Hero, please, please don't write in and tell us. Um, Thank you. But they sort of treat this like this is some catchphrase that that bill has because then connie selica repeats it at the end like see i'm saying your thing i'm saying that thing you say yeah i don't know she says I, freeze your face she does she does oh my so God. here's what happens is something something very very strange so bill culp uh or pardon me robert culp walks in sorry robert culp it could have been barges bill culp, I, mean. I know it's 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 bill maxwell all right so robert culp <laughs> Don't confuse me. We're so close. Maxwell Culp. No, hang on. Hot dog Pope. <laughs> kiss, kiss the ring. I'm the hot dog Pope. Kiss my ring. <laughs> kiss the onion ring. Sun Tzu's art of hot dog Pope. Oh, no, Josh. You motherfucker. <laughs> that got me. Kiss the onion ring. Got me. Hang on. Hang on. Uh, he's going. He's going to start talking. Dogs are going to start like coming over. He's going to, he's pitching out. Soon, soon we won't be able to hear him in our, with our ears, our human ears. That's like Birdland laugh crying he's got going on. Kiss the edgy ring off the hot dog poop. I don't think Josh could have predicted that was going to happen. Oh <laughs> It's, it's the right combination. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you broke Dennis. Kiss, kiss the kiss the hot dog. Wow, we're off. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay, okay. I, okay. Hey, that would be a good theme for a hot dog mobile because you could do like the Pope mobile thing. That's like got glass. <laughs> I just, you could have a you could have Connie Selica and the glass waving at people. <laughs> I got your coffees and your hot dogs. Hey, hey, what's going on? Coffee and hot dogs. Ah, ah, Freeze your face, suck, counselor. (laughs) All right, hang on, hang on. Uh, Kiss the onion ring. I'm the hot dog pope. You've blown. Put your hand inside the puppet head. (laughs) You've blown your larynx out. I know, I I don't know what that means. I think you were referencing a character in a Dr. Seuss book, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where were we at? Hot dog pope. <laughs> okay. Hot it's dog me, pope the in hot color. Dog <laughs> <laughs> so they, they, they have him where they want him. They throw Ralph the uh, special suit. He goes outside, changes into it to come back in. He, well, he has to find the dumpster. He doesn't. He doesn't this time for whatever reason. He can do it outside. But the weird part is, like, they threw him the suit, and then he starts taking his shirt off and his pants off so he can put the suit on. But, like... If you knew that the plan was you guys go in and get me the suit, wouldn't yeah. like Ralph just like strip down naked out there? 
Or was he like, yeah. oh, what if they don't get the suit? Then I'm just naked in front of a bunch of Nazis. I better, yeah, I I better wait for to make sure they get the suit. He I did better go slower. Ugh. So they, 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 uh, the Nazis get a hold of, uh, what's her name? Connie? I forgot her name. Connie Selican. Pam. Yeah. Can, Connie's her actual name. Pam. Pam Connie the hot dog man. They take uh, Bill's guns Connie away. Connie the hot dog pope. <laughs> and just then, uh, Ralph's got to fly in and like save the day. So he comes in and punches people out and does, yeah. and bends, bends the uh, soft lead handgun. So you yeah. know that he's super strong and all that, all that good stuff happens. They learn basically that the Fourth Reich has this big plot happening to do something bad, but they won't ever tell. Yeah. Remember that boat we said in like two, two words? Yeah. yeah. So there's that thing happening, but they won't, the Nazis won't give up what it is. And, and so Ralph basically decides he's going to torture one of them to give up the information. So he goes full 24 on <laughs> this guy. That's true. He like glides him up in the air yeah. and like dangles him thousands of feet. And and uh, the Nazis are meanwhile back at the thing. The Nazis are bragging like we will never give you any information. We're you know we're Nazis. We don't do that. So he brings them back and tells them they got this big plot to uh, blow up a a navy ship or something. Yeah, and, to blow up the ship. And so that's that. So they're like, Bill's like, Hey, uh, Ralph, go go take care of that. We got the Nazis. You go do that. So that's what he does. He fly, but they don't tell him where the ship is. Nope. No. Nope. I guess he starts flying west. And he just goes, finds a ship, and remember what I said before: the scuba Nazi puts a bomb on the bottom of the boat. Cut to the stock footage: the side of the boat blows out. Yeah. And so he doesn't actually stop the bomb. bomb he doesn't off. stop the bomb. Well, and somehow the bomb like travels from the bottom of the boat to the side of to the, the boat. Side. Whatever with that. The bomb blows up. Ralph flies towards the, the ship, flies in through the side of the hole where all the water is coming in. And I guess then Ralph's stunt double like closes the, <laughs> the, the steel that's like busted out from the bomb. Yeah, because um, we're on a soundstage. Obviously on a soundstage. <laughs> in fact, if, if, yeah, exactly. Like if there was water rushing in, there wouldn't be so much light coming through the, the hole that was blown through the, the side of the boat. But for and whatever I think, reason, I think earlier, Dennis, you mentioned their stellar wig technology on this production. Unbelievable. So, <laughs> so yeah, cut to one shot and it's William cat and his hair is all wet. Cause he like, you know, flew into the ocean and through the, the, the hole in the boat and uh, reverse shot, you see the back of his head, and it's just like completely yeah, dry, <laughs> totally know, different puffy, color, different color, very blonde very wig. blonde, yeah, like like powder dry. It doesn't make any sense. And then cut but, to the other reverse shot, and he's William Cat, and he's all like you know completely wet. It's weird. the The hole in the boat is like a perfectly X cut hole where there's there's four pieces of a triangle of of metal that yeah. have been bent inward. It's like one of those explosion. foldable, do you like me, you know, yes <laughs> yeah. or no things. It's like a cootie school. catcher. Yes, exactly. It's a cootie catcher. I Thank you. I couldn't remember the scientific term. Right. I just made one. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he, with his superpowers, he bends the metal back to close it. But then he like super rubs it to kind of melt the metal or something to, to create like, and then it, after a few moments of him rubbing his hand over that whole area, it completely looks like it's, you know, fused. back to normal. Yeah. As yeah. Zappa would say the vigorous circular motion. Here it comes. Rub it. Yes. Ugh. 
So if he did that to your butthole, would it like fuse shut? Oh, God. <laughs> you would never be able to poop again. <laughs> the visual on that is glorious. That's my favorite greatest American hero. You have to see it, too, because it's it's very flat handed. <laughs> it's sort of like it is weird, strange. And he's kind of like doing it with his palm almost. Yeah. yeah, so he saves the boat. They get the Nazis. The episode's pretty much over. Well, right? there's there. Well, we still have the the matter of the manual and learning oh, how that's to use right. The that suit. was the whole reason we went. Yes. To get the suit. Okay. See, there, there's eventually this got around to something. So they go back out to the desert for some reason. Uh, I guess that's where Pam's car is. And now all of a sudden, like her tires are blown out and her headlights don't work anymore. So. They're they're you know, they have a tow company towing the the car away and they're hanging out in the desert. Ralph's got the suit on now. They crack open the instruction manual and they're going to read on how to 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 make these superpowers work. And the first superpower that they uh, they test out is shrinking him down to ant size. Yeah, yeah, you you take over now. Uh. <laughs> so he's ant size and he's well, sitting and so he's I, surrounded I by give up he's surrounded by boulders but they're basically grains of yeah, sand, grains of and sand. He's, and, but he can't he can't 100 percent figure out he didn't expect that to happen i think yeah. he just goes oh what is this this button says something and he does that and he shrinks down to the size of a grain of sand and he's trying to figure it out and trying to figure out how to become normal size again meanwhile Pam and Bill are freaking out because they can't see him. And so they're and they're like worried and they see ants around there. So they're, you know, there's ants that are going to eat Ralph. He, of course, places the book on a nearby boulder slash grain of sand and then figures out how to make himself big again. And it was that that very and I saw as soon as I saw him put down the book, I was like, Gilligan can never leave the motherfucking yeah, island. You know what's going on. And that is where my memory failed me because I swear to God, my recollection of season three was that they got the manual and that's why the show kind of went south and went off the air for that exact reason that you just said, Jeff. But it turns out, no, we just decided it was bad, apparently. Yeah, it doesn't make any. And that's the only, this is the only part of this episode that I remember from when I was a kid where it was basically he's got the book, he is reading it, he shrinks himself, puts the book down, makes himself big again, but the book is still microscopic, and they're never going to find it. What a catch-22. What a gift of the Magi. <laughs> well, maybe, that, maybe that's not right. But, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that's it. And then I think we, move, we, we keep moving forward uh, with the rest of season three where he doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He's still yeah. flying around like an idiot and, you know, just barely not killing himself every episode. Well, yeah. and they I can only hope they answer one important question in the rest of season three, which is like, seriously, if he rubbed your butt, would he like oh, seal your starfish shut? Christ. They never get to that point. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe in the 86 handoff to greatest American heroine. I'm certainly not going to go find out, but I, I do remember as a kid him eventually being able to fly like normal. But that was, I could just that be was my memory. That. And I, I think maybe we're having a uh, collective shared uh, uh, misremembering. Like a Mandela effect yeah, sort of situation. That was what I was <laughs> reaching for. Thank you. Once again, Dennis coming uh, to the forefront with the science terms. You're welcome. Um, all right. So. Uh, 
Well, that was my contribution. What was the, thank you for, for doing that. Well, you picked it at random, so it's not like you, much of a contribution. <laughs> but so, well, yeah. I mean, the episode was my handpicked choice. Yeah. I lovingly the show, but I lovingly, yes, <laughs> I lovingly picked this particular episode for your, for your viewing and listening pleasure. And we appreciate it. It was a hot mess and it was not as good as I remembered it from when I was a kid, but, uh, I'm glad I got a chance to take a little stroll down memory lane and, and realize that um, I was a lot stupider when I was younger yeah. because I like uh, stuff like this. On the plus side, you did get to hear um, almost all of Opposites Attract again on the oh, that's uh, right. fade out of the episode. Mm-hmm. That's right. They, they paid for they that Joey Scarberry and God damn it, they're going to use it. Ah, for God's sakes. All right. Well, um, what do you say uh, we move on to next week? Huh? Okay. Let's yeah, do we gotta it. Pick another it's, episode. Uh, it's time to play. It is time to play. All right. Um, take it away, Dennis. It's time. That part of the podcast where we find out what we'll be watching next week in a segment we call Pick That Show. All right. That's right. This is the time where we pick which episode we're going to be going over it's for the next again. podcast. That's right. And this week it is Josh's turn to pick. Um, and just just once again, briefly, we've got a bunch of shows that we picked prior to the uh, start of the season. We throw them into a randomizer, um, but there's always a chance that you get a show that you chose and you're going to dig it or potentially a show that somebody else chose that you may not like so much. But we know we definitely won't like on the board we have our Cantleys. And anytime you land on a Cantley, um, we're going to get a random show that uh, our friend Sean Cantley from the I'm Not Crying, You're Crying podcast picked for us uh, finely and uh, delicately and, and with much focus and energy. He curated these shitty episodes of TV uh, <laughs> for us to suffer through. But we will not suffer alone because Sean will be watching them with us. So if we're lucky enough... We'll get him to be in on the pain with us. And Jeff had a great pick right out of the gate, Parker. So pressure's on. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I feel it. I can feel it. All right. Are you ready to pick that show? Hit the board. All right. Do this. No Cantleys. Uh, Just in case, no whammies. Uh, Big money. (laughs) Stop. Fantasy Island. Hey, oh, hey. that's a good one. Yeah, you know what? Right. That's not bad. That's I like not Fantasy bad at all. Island. Yeah, not yeah, bad yeah, at all. Yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Not right. too shabby. All right. Well, we're uh, we're gonna watch an episode of Fantasy Island next week. Josh, you have to pick it. And uh, thank you once again for playing. Pick that show. The plane, boss. The plane. <laughs> <laughs> Fantasy Island's a great show, I th- I thought. Well, we said the same thing about, uh, you know, Greatest American Hero. We we keep thinking that, and then it keeps... But it's something that we case. know. It's a good pick. It's a good pick, but maybe it's just the episode is bad. You know, that's the problem. So just, Josh, make sure you pick a good one. Don't, don't, don't wreck my childhood memory of Fantasy Island like Jeff wrecked my childhood memory of hot Greatest dogs. American Hero and hot yeah. dogs. I'll do my best. Thank you. Conversely, de- devil's advocate, find the worst episode. Yeah, thank you. That, that <laughs> makes it more fun, I guess. Um, are, so are you ready for this, Josh? Are you going to pick us a winner? I, I will do my best. I All can't right. say it's going to be a winner, but I'll pick something. <laughs> I will pick an episode of Fantasy Island. 
That much I can say. All right. I think I'm going to enjoy it. All right. Well, um, I guess that's it. That's uh, that's a wrap on uh, on this week's episode. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us, uh, coming back for season two. And uh, we'll be back next week with some Fantasy Island goodness, as we say every time we end a podcast. Good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Good night. In the street, there is Robert Culp. <laughs> 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 <laughs>